Yo, yo, to all of our newbie and faithful listeners out there, welcome to the program. Coffee Sometimes is a video and podcast from Valor Coffee founders Ethan Rivers, Riley Westbrook, and Ross Walters. That's me. Every week, we talk about coffee, starting and running a business, and some other stuff in hopes that some of it might be useful to you in your coffee journey. If you enjoy the show, the best way you can help us continue doing this is by subscribing and liking our content on YouTube and following and reviewing on your podcast app of choice. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Coffee Sometimes Pod, where you can find some real hot short clips taken from the show. Lastly, if you find what you hear helpful, please share on your social media platforms and with your friends who might be interested in learning a thing or two about coffee and running a coffee business. All right. Thanks for listening. And here's the show. Some people are like pickleball. Some people are like ultimate frisbee, and I'm just like tug, tug of, of war. war. <laughs> you know, you got like mud pits on either side, so like the losers, fall. losers eat mud. No, the mud yeah. pits in the, is in the middle. Yeah, so you fall in the either side. Like what? That'd be like the winner would fall in the mud pit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, man. Have you ever seen like huh. a uh, regulation court for tug of war? I haven't. I'm sure you have though. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you I, keep up? Keep up with that. Would any one of you be? Would any one of us be able to beat the other two at tug of war? Because there's mm. three of us. One versus two. Yeah. Any combination. I don't know. I don't know what kind of pull workouts you doing lately, Russ. <laughs> Several. I'm doing a lot of rowing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, I think that about wraps it up. <laughs> it's so right. good. So good to be back in the studio with you boys. For this to be the first time we've recorded any content all day, it's just so good. Uh, we're we're kind of rusty at this podcast game. We recorded a little bit of radio before uh, we are saying this now, and we realized that we weren't even recording. Oh, and it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Mostly tug of war related. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a B cut because yeah. uh, we had audio, but no, no live video. So. Yeah, I'm so glad that we don't have to uh, do multiple. You know how people stockpile podcasts? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be very good at that. Yeah, I can only say about twenty minutes of interesting content mm-hmm. before this old dog is out of tricks. Someone was telling me <laughs> that uh, we should have done that before the build out, so that well, we we're had not... uh, a ton of Ooh. content. And I was like, if we were a, if we were just a podcast, I was going to say, you think we have time for that? Yeah. <laughs> We didn't have time for yeah, that. Yeah, who said that? Disco. Let's get them down here. Yeah. You do not want to we need this to, guy. We need to have them on the, sh- the show so we can... Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so I think... I don't know. On that note, I would love to hear from the listeners. What what format do you prefer podcast? Do you prefer 20 minutes, an hour, two hours? I you know, There's a lot of debate out there. The stats say one thing. The people say something else. So I'm interested to hear uh, as we're entering into season two Two of the coffee sometimes. Sometimes. Emphasis on the sometimes lately. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) 
that's that whole like gang unison thing is something that happens on Pat McAfee all the time. Are you familiar with that? I know you're not a fan. No, but I know not. you've watched. I've you've watched. They, We're like, this guy is a total dog, <laughs> and they yeah. all like say it at the same time. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Just because they know they're gonna say dog. Yeah. Wow. They're like they're that in sync, and like they also do it with with jocked. Like this dude is jocked. <laughs> That's a little much for me. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's much for sure. But hey, it's a culture, you know. Oh, it's I, a culture. I'm not gonna pretend to sit here and understand that. I'm gonna start wearing a tank top and standing up during this podcast. Yeah, we also doesn't he use a different mic too? He's got one of those uh, Sennheiser. Uh, yeah, long boys. That that happens. I've I've noticed with some hosts of shows. Like I listen to this other tech podcast where like the main guy has like a thousand dollar mic and then the other two guys are using SM seven B's. It's that alpha energy, man. Yeah. Dude, hum what are you guys gonna do next week when I come in? <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a completely different like stainless steel. Dang. Mic. Those who humble yeah. themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. So, yeah. Whoa. So that's why we Did you use just come up with that? SM seven B's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, guys, I want to hear from you. You <laughs> what? know, um, I'm supposed to say that part. how you're doing, and I don't just mean like, "Hey, how are you?" I mean like, "How are you really doing?" Does that like, make how sense? How are you? How, how are, are you? you? Does that make sense? You follow? Uh, because you know, I don't know if you know this, but we haven't recorded a show in a long time. Some are saying, some are saying two months. So, <laughs> some are saying some are saying two months. Summer. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking, some summer of the listeners are just itching to know, you know, how's your family? You know, and how's home life? And how's home life? Not just this surface level BS, but like, how are you really doing? And Riley, I'd like to ask you first, man. How how's your family? How's your kid? Um, how have you been doing in the wake of all of this change, man? Man, well, it's been awesome. I'll say that. Yeah, I think the past couple of months have been some memories I'll hold on to forever. <laughs> Not only at work, but at home as well. Dang. So, uh, obviously, spent a good chunk of my life down in Dunwoody there for for a hot minute. They would hello, just pulling Dunwoody. some. It 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 wasn't that bad this time. Would no. you guys no, agree? No, no, no. Very, very mild and reasonable. Yeah. So Alpharetta was more of like a we are all sick and exhausted vibe. Do you remember? Have you guys seen the picture? Yeah. Lately of. When we got all of our permits and licenses and Alfred and we're standing outside and we're Those all like skeletons. <laughs> I think I was probably at like 175 pounds right there. Wow. Six eight, one seventy five. <laughs> yeah, because I think I was good. probably at 175 pounds, six foot. <laughs> I was probably at two hundred and thirty five pounds. <laughs> uh no, that was that was some of my lighter days because we would all work all day and not eat anything. Besides some oatmeal that we would sell yeah. at the pop-up. And Taos Bakes. And you would dip the Taos Bake granola bar into the oatmeal and then scoop it all into your mouth. Do what you can, man. Carbo load, baby. Pure, pure carb. Yeah. Uh, but this one, it was like, what, down at the end there, there were definitely some some 8 o'clock nights. And there was one 9 o'clock night. But most, few, most of bro. the time. We just had the luxury of getting started 6, 7 o'clock. A.M.? Yeah. I mean, that's not... I mean, with that, some other things were put on the back burner. This podcast. Oops. Uh, we posted on Instagram like one time in two months. And 
it definitely wasn't like a thriving season for the other parts of our company. But it's a long game. It was all worth it because we're open now. And but yeah, so that part of it was great. I mean, like I said, sometimes down there doing the build out made some fun memories. Which we'll get into later. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, guys. Yeah. This is about Riley. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I mean, coming out of that, it's just been nice to be at home a little more with my wife and my little guy. He has been crazy lately. Uh, I'm sure that you noticed this with Giselle and maybe Phoebe's kind of around the same age. When they get going, they just like get going and just learn so many crazy things all at like one time. It's just yeah. like a switch of intelligence and like uh, comprehension was flipped at one time. That's cool. So he like within a few days of each other started clapping and waving and will do it on demand. There you go. Which is kind of crazy. I'm just like, if you say like clap or yay or patty cake, he'll be like, Wow. Or bye. Awesome. He'll be like, <laughs> oh my God. And so that's kind of like this whole other thing of like, okay, he understands what I'm saying now. Yeah. So I've been very um, extra. I, ha- I haven't been this yet, but it's, it's made me realize I need to be extra cautious with, you know, my words, the way I talk around him, the way I, you know, in- anyways. So that's a. That's a adjustment for sure, but it's really fun to watch. It's my my favorite stage of him yet. And then I just reflect on a few months ago and how he was just so small, and it makes me really sad. Oh man, it's yeah. pretty amazing. That's me. Nothing like it, man. Mm. The joys of parenthood. They're yep. sweet. Y'all got some cute kids. I'm telling you what. Hey. Dude. Yours ain't so shabby yourself. Yeah. Your kids are gorgeous. I mean, that's only because of your wives. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> what? Because y'all ugly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ow. We like Dude. to have fun around here. All right, we're joking around. Uh, if you think we're ugly, <laughs> smash like. <laughs> if you don't think we're ugly, comment below. <laughs> y'all not ugly. You just want to know how we're doing, Ross? That was the question. I'm doing. How are you? What's oh, the how question? are yeah. you? Uh, I'm doing well, man. Just getting out of that grind season, you know. And but, like Riley said, enjoyed it a lot more. I feel like the cohesion was there between the three of us a lot more. Did a lot more problem solving, um, and everything was feeling smooth as baby's butt, you know. Um, so it was a sweet time. Excited to get back into my rhythms. I think the one of my favorite times was the week Dunwoody opened, and I was back at Alpharetta all week. I was just like, this is nice. Just a singular focus, you know, mm. with my people in Alpharetta, having fun. I was like, uh, I felt kind of simple for a little bit. It was great. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, it's been sweet, and um, my little guy's doing awesome. He's making fart noises with his mouth now, so it's a big, nice, big switch. Taking after his like, old man. 
I was like, that's pretty good. Like, like he's behind me. And I'm like, I don't know if he's actually farting or. Yeah. Like, good job, son. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really proud of you. Really proud. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Got my, got a lot of family in town right now. So got to go up and see them. Got a new niece. New niece. New niece. <laughs> new niece. <laughs> new niece. <laughs> Uh, Natalia Lane, hope you're listening to this. <laughs> Go to bed. You should be going to sleep right now. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, and dude, I did have to miss some frisbee um, on Saturdays lately. Oh, that sucks. Less one was work related, two were wedding related. That was a big part of our little oh, season yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, the Lillaby, who you guys all know from the, the podcast, she. Got married to um, Zion. Zion, and can he, we? Can that be one of our things? We all say like anytime we say Zion, it's like Zion. Zion. Yep. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> oh god! And it was awesome. Um, so bachelor party, wedding. I did have to miss frisbee. So I know a lot of you guys were thinking like, it, has Ethan been going to his Wednesday Saturday frisbee? Yeah. Yes, I've been there. Wednesday for sure, right? Wednesday for sure. Haven't missed a beat. Saturdays, I've missed about three, but... Who's I'll, counting? Who's counting? I'm, yeah. get, I'm getting back in it for sure. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, super excited. And I did have to give up the farm this, uh, this, this year. So, But the sweetest thing ever, the gentleman who runs the farm was like, hey, you come and dump the coffee grounds. Just bring your harvesting knife. Take whatever you want. Mm. To make sure to bring your harvesting knife. I said that's all he said. He didn't. He didn't say anything. Else. <laughs> I said, bring your harvesting. And he gave knife. you a little wink. I said, Floyd, <laughs> you got it, man. Cheers to you, Floyd. So, yeah, excited to keep getting some farm fresh veggies, especially our little guys getting closer to eating some food. So yeah, nice to give them. Got to keep it farm fresh. Got to keep it farm fresh. Um, that's it. That's it. It's been a sweet season. It's been it's been a lot, but um super grateful for it. Grateful to be in it with you guys. Oh yeah. Ross? Yeah. We we were reflecting on the build out uh once we were open and we just we're talking about how we did so much more with so much less effort than mm. last time. And well, maybe same effort, right? Effort in terms of like just hours and sweat. Like we just did more with less sweat. Mm. And how we actually did do a lot more of the build out, I think. We did more. Yeah. I mean, we did more of the build out. We, sorry, we're in a warehouse if you hear that. Um, Oops. And that, that was just so cool. It's just progress, you know, like, um, I think more and more we're just getting out of this mentality that like things have to be hard in order for them to be genuine and organic and real. Yeah. And I like, I was always so afraid that, uh, and I'll actually talk about how I'm doing in a second, but I was afraid that like our second location would just feel like a corporate chain because mm -hmm. we are a chain now. I don't even know fully what chain means, but I assume it means you have more than one location. We are, there are two links. So two links in the chain. Um, but it doesn't like it's at the end of the day, it's all about the people that are there that make it what it is. Um, and I think just the team that we hired is incredible. And 
I think just seeing them blossom and become more comfortable in their roles has been honestly one of the coolest things that I've got to do in my career so far. And um, that's been a huge blessing for me. And as far as my family, we're doing great. Uh, you know, Giselle, Phoebe, Rachel, they're, they're doing awesome. Super fun for me to be around. Can Phoebe clap? <laughs> no, she can't clap. Ooh, she does him on the uh, spot like that. She she what was the other thing you said? Uh, wave. wave. She does wave. Oh, she she can also on. growl, and Jude doesn't have the growl down. That's usually when she's trying to poop, though. Ah, I see. She so growls. I just she's heard like, her be like, <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. She she'll do that even without the the fecal side of it. But um, yeah, they're doing great. We got to go to the beach. Um, fecal side, dude. <laughs> Dude, I, where'd you go? Did, did, I think we talked about that on this side of the. No, no, we no, did okay. not. Well, yeah, we get to go on a little beach beach trip. Um, we got to compound a a gig with a family outing, which was always usually good, but this time it was good. Um, I just had to to pop out for, uh, you know, from like four o'clock to midnight you know, to do a job and that was easy. It was cool. Uh, the wedding was beautiful. It was on sea Island. You guys ever heard of sea Island? Never. No, no, you maybe, no. maybe one time. Like, are there sweaters? I feel like, Oh, I yeah. may have seen a sea Island. sweater. Dude, so sea Island, um, it, it's a really swanky joint. It's like, how close is it to Savannah? It's South of Savannah. It's probably so fun. Somebody's gonna just Ray absolutely tear, you tear apart, me apart in the comments. Over the coals. Which, if I'm wrong, comment below. Uh, but I think it's I think it's like an hour away from Savannah, maybe a little oh! bit less. <laughs> but yeah, St. Simons and Sea Island are right next to each other. So we stayed in St. Simons because we definitely couldn't afford Sea Island. So, Hello. Um, if you if you just look at the satellite image of Sea Island, it's all just like mansions with pools with like Tuscan roofs. Oh. Uh, so it's like ultimate goals, right? Yeah. Right, boys. I mean, that's why we're in the Just coffee industry. Just got to open a few more a coffee shops on the Atlantic. Yeah, like third home vibes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, my three-year-old Giselle decided to eat a Tide Pod again. <laughs> that was the first time. Um, and so she got really freaked out by that, and we called Poison Control. It was chill. It was like. Of course, like I was going to leave for the gig at 3 p.m. And she ate it at like 2, <laughs> so like right before I was leaving. Um, oh. And Rachel was always already feeling kind of uneasy about, you know, two kids alone in a new place without a car. So, um, of course, that that happened. But, you know, a little traumatizing for her because we had to like against her will spray water in her mouth. Uh and she hated that. But it turns out she actually likes that. <laughs> I, I think she's still kind of against it. Okay. Um, but anyways, we're doing great. Really sweet season. Um, how's the Highlander, though? I was just uh, saying this morning how much I like that car. Oh. It's so solid. Oh. You, Dude, you deserve it. You really wow. have some car woes. Yeah. And so because something was bad, you deserve something good now. Wow. So I'm glad you have a good car. 
Thank you for saying that. That means so much. That's how the world works. Because <laughs> the world is fair. Um, yeah. So, but it, it, it's the Highlander's been awesome. Thanks for asking. The Prius also awesome. Um, I tell the story as testimony a lot about your uh, big seat. Yeah, it's pretty sick. What? And his big seat. You know how my the seat in my Prius, like I, I came to look at the car, and he was like, "Yeah, there's just only one weird thing about this car. Like somebody before you, I guess, was really tall, and he like put extender rails on the seat because that was my one qualm." Well, I did not know that. <laughs> my my one qualm with the the Prius was that I like all the way back, my knee still touches the the mm. dash. So, and I was like. This is awesome. Some aftermarket stuff. Yeah. So anyways, that's how I'm doing. Come on. Doing great. Feeling thankful. Uh, ready to just keep trucking on Dunwoody, man. Yeah. Mm. And this podcast. Yeah. Oh, season two. Season two. So much comes plans. to you every week. Piping hot. A piping hot episode. Hey, I'm excited too. Uh, how about that? Uh, you know, we're doing this during uh, Expo, huh? I think we're going to blow listeners this week because everyone's at Expo. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are like, oh, I got to leave dinner early. I got to catch the Coffee Sometimes podcast before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how much this podcast is going to affect the attendance of Expo. Oh, my gosh. If, or, you're, if you're at Expo, smash like, smash, smash like and comment below. Uh, I mean, I assume a, a lot of the folk listening – just want to hear about our new location. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm sure we do have a lot of thoughts to, to send out and we all kind of come from it from a different angle. Does that make sense? Wow. Hmm. I feel like we should start though with like the Jalen hurts contract extension. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. How how does that affect the Lamar Jackson discussion? Right. And, and I mean, people aren't really talking about like, but Burrow and Herbert are waiting for extensions too. So, uh oh, uh-oh. yeah. Highest, like played, highest played player in NFL history. All right. <laughs> history, dude. Jalen? Yeah. He's a dog, man. Well, <laughs> he's a dog. dog. I think he's jocked. I, <laughs> I just heard the meters peak when you guys did that. Oh, boy. No, it's. No, I'm it's, just kidding. I'm he, kidding. He deserves it. Anyways, um, uh, what is one thing, guys? that you didn't expect about Dunwoody Mm. and what is something that you did expect that is like totally just exactly as as you thought it would be as it was um dude this kind of answers your question kind of doesn't but I will just say I had the the biggest like feeling I had this whole experience of (laughs) building it out and uh, opening Dunway with you guys was when we took off the uh, yeah the window <sighs> covers window covers big moment we were getting ready for our um, family and friends night friends and family night sorry thank you um, family and friends is a band right good band check good them band. out they're on the rise really yeah I rock on I think they they've played a couple shows now awesome. Um, what? Mm-hmm. what they've been around for forever, yeah. Th- well, I think they took a big break. Oh, okay. And then, the, like, they 
they played their first kind of like reunion show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so forgive me. That was cool. Let's just take a moment to like <laughs> feel that. I'm gonna need to do. De- <laughs> All right, decompress. friends and family night. Yes. Um, and like we we probably covered the windows a couple months before, and during that couple months period is when it really went from like construction site where it was just concrete and walls to like valor dunwoody and we had like set up all the lights and it felt great it was super well lit with all the lights shout out to andrew nayer lights and nayer nayer yeah we can edit that out in post (laughs) um we (laughs) andrew nayer um and riley for putting together the lighting scheme of course and riley's dad for making some mounting stuff for us. It was awesome. Accessories. Accessories. Um, anyway, so it was like, it looked great in there already with the windows covered. And we were getting ready for the night. We're like, all right, just one thing we have to do is, you know, take off the covers. And it has a lot of windows in the space, it's too. It's got a lot. Yeah, big, big industrial windows. And man, when the light poured into that space, I was uncomfortable with how different. It felt in there. Mm. Like I was like, I'm in a, I'm on an alien planet right now. I ain't now. seen nothing like this before. I ain't seen nothing like this before. I was shook. I was absolutely uh, tickled to be yeah. like, whoa, this place looks awesome. And it looked awesome, but now it looks even more awesome. That was something I did not expect because when we were first looking at the space way back when, we were like, the space is kind of deep. I'm like, is light going to get everywhere is this going to be a well-lit space and it is turns out it's lit i didn't expect that something that i also didn't expect was so many people in dunwoody showing up i thought for the first couple weeks it was just going to be like destination spot people come in to like check out the new valor yeah our alpharetta regulars being kind enough to go patronize the new location but i mean right out of the woodworks the, the city of dunwoody they they did not walk. They ran mm-hmm. to the space. Yeah. Um, well, there, there's w- when you walk around that area, like before we opened, there's just not that much going on. Like there's a lot of cars and businesses. Yeah, there, a lot of foot traffic. There's several businesses, but very opposite to Alpharetta, there's hardly any foot traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gave me the the same thought like is this is this really going to pop off as soon as we open or is it going to be something that we really ease into and i think that uh part of town is really connected they're very like i don't i don't know even like on the facebook groups and just the the community itself i think there there's a lot of people there but there's not that much going on um there's starting to be a f- a few more cool trendy businesses and people that like cool trendy things are like really hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like the people who are not cool and trendy, I feel like they are all very supportive of local businesses and we're so excited for us to open. And my favorite thing is I always ask people like, do you live around here? And I seriously think like every time I've asked that, People say, oh, yeah, I live like five minutes away. And that is such a good sign that the people that are coming in live so close because that's the whole name of the game is getting in people's rhythms. So for sure, that's been really cool. 
for sure. Mm. What was your original question? What's something you didn't expect about Dunwoody so far? Mm. What's something that you did? Uh, man, I think staffing has been interesting. I mean, we have a great staff and we hired plenty of people before, but just specifically the needs of the amount of people from the day to day there. Um, because the space is just really big. So we were talking about it before we came on. It's like, even when things aren't busy, it's just like, there's so many people in the space, like hanging out so many more than an Alpharetta because in Alpharetta, it's like max, you have 25 people in there. I think there's 20, at least 25 people in Dunwoody from like the beginning to the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, getting up and the higher number is like 50 mm-hmm. something. Let alone outside as well. Yeah, and then you got outside, so it's like there's no, there's no, not really any downtime because you can be out grabbing uh, empty cups. You can be giving giving water, water. giving the giving the Wi-Fi code just over and over again. Yeah, just like hey, I know I just said it, but if you need the Wi-Fi code, it's beep bop 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 bop. Dude, if that's spelled B E P O P. (laughs) Yeah. So that's been kind of wild. Um, we have been... I'm just thinking about if our Wi-Fi code was beep boop. So it could All be, one word, all lowercase. Beep, beep boop boop. <laughs> beep boop. Beep boop. B-O-O-P. Boop. I can arrange that. Uh, I mean, just this is getting into the something else, but like, you know, we started with two group heads, and we're kind of like, should we should we go ahead and get the third group head? Should we get the third group head? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that was one of the concerns early on. Is uh, in case you listeners didn't listen to one of our previous podcasts, we first of all, what the heck? Yeah, first yeah. of all, pause this and listen to everything else because what we're about to say is going to make zero sense <laughs> unless you listen. You to will every- not be able to follow this at all um anyways so one of the big holdups in alpharetta that we is not really big anymore we've really overcame it in a lot of ways but Mm. you have the the pacing of what we call brewer versus expo and brewer's job is to basically pull shots over and over and over and over and over and also do things like matcha and, and teas and brewing the bases of the drinks. And then you have Expo who takes his, who takes those uh, ingredients and forms them into drinks. They steam milk. They do iced lattes. They shake drinks. And then they look at the kitchen display and serve those drinks and fulfill the orders. And so in Alpharetta, there's shots a-flowing. We can pull shots really quick. Come on. Um, but expo sometimes is the thing that slows down and we've always toyed with the idea of like, how can we make a second expo station in Alpharetta? But we have a traditional espresso machine in Alpharetta where you have from left to right steam wand, first group head, second group head, third group head, steam wand. And so, uh, in Dunwoody, we sort of deconstructed that model. And started asking the right questions. It took a modular approach. Yes. So from left to right, it's group head, group head, steam wand, 
steam wand. So you do you have two expo stations, um, which in theory can double your output because expo is always the thing that kind of is the last step in the process and can often be the most time consuming part of the process. So yeah, we're thinking about like adding a third group head and how much more or a fourth group head. Yeah, how much more that would, you know, make fourth fourth group head. brewer go. I will say <laughs> my in my tenure this weekend brewer no problem. Yeah. Which has been cool. Yeah, I think early on we, we just thought the brewer wouldn't be able to keep up. But what we're doing, so we doubled Expo. It'd be interesting to see probably what this guy's thinking right now. What happens when you double concierge? Yep. You got double Expo. Can one brewer with two group heads keep up? So far, yes. I think well, if, let's see. if they're fast enough, yes. That's my concern. If you had two uh, adept folks mm. on concierge, in a very very busy time. I'm just thinking I'm I'm thinking about that space and its capacity. So like let's call it we're having a $5800 day or something like that. And you just got people all day long and you're like lying to the door and you know you're like still giving people attention but you're like moving the line at surge. At that point I'm like three group heads probably. Only one way to find out. Yeah. Join us next Saturday for our first fifty-eight hundred dollars <laughs> where we will test the limits of Brewer. Yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, you guys want to look at some pictures? Sure. Let's show the people some pictures. That's why. Sorry, listeners. Go over to YouTube Go if to you want to see. Dot com. Uh, dude, one thing on that that I didn't. I'm always a little bit more. Uh, I don't know the word. Doesn't matter. I didn't expect all of our ideas to kind of work. Mm. Same. We kind of like did a lot. We kind of tweaked a lot of stuff. Yeah. And for the most part, it seemed like it's working. Yeah. Like we added a couple. We did ice wells instead of refrigerators. We moved refrigerators. We moved the espresso machine layout. We changed concierge. We changed a good handful of things, and all of them seemed to make it pretty good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I was almost tempted to say like every time we grow, I want to like reanalyze our whole operation and see what we can change. But I don't think that's ultimately what we're after. I think it's way more about finding what is our model. What's our model that we want to replicate? Cuz yeah. we're not trying to become the next Starbucks, but we are trying to open a few more locations. And so there's just been all of these there's been all these things about Alpharetta that we wish we could change, but we can't. And so in Dunwoody, we were able to take all the things that were working in Alpharetta and just reuse those in Dunwoody, don't change them. But all the things that we always wish we could change about Alpharetta, we were able to just change and yeah. make them the new way of doing things in Dunwoody. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'll try to explain this as well as I can. I've got a picture pulled up of our um, like brew bar. Ross, get out. No, Ross, stop. Um, and from left to right, you have our automatic pour-over system, which is Curtis Seraphim. we got two of those right there. Which has been going pretty good. I have a few honest points of feedback, but overall pretty good. 
we'll get to that, right? Uh, We have all these like pre-dosed copies. I don't remember where that is from, but it came with with like a ridiculous funnel system that is hilarious. I thought it was kind of lame, but after using it, it is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So goodbye, Big T. Okay. Goodbye. Sorry. And then you have our EK. That's a grinder. And then that takes us to... Oh, and then undercounter is the Seraphim undercounter component. And then the Curtis uh, brewer, like drip brewer, is under there. Then, so, yeah. One really quick shout out that a product that I really love is that uh, portafilter ring. Is that what it's called? Yeah. From like Breeze Hustle. Yeah. Yes. So anybody out there that's looking to do EK shots and you're having a hard time, uh, you know, pouring the grounds of coffee into the portafilter, this ring product is amazing. It has magnets. They're the perfect strength. Mm. And you would think that the coffee still spills out because it's not like this big funnel, but it never does. Yeah, it's, we got to get one of those for Alpharetta. It's yeah. way better than that other one. Yeah. Did you use it at all? No comment. I do, I do like the one in Alpharetta better. I spilled coffee like everywhere. Like it went, it made it to the bathrooms. User error. Hey, I'm rusty. All right. So Seraphim's EK. And then you have our expo stations, which basically means in front of you, uh, under the counter, you have the ice well, which contains all of our milks. Uh, and then like in a separate compartment between the milks, milks are on each side, like a station of each milk. In the middle, you have uh, ice for ice beverages. Um, and then in front of you on the counter, you have a steam wand for each station. So uh, steam wand, steam wand, ice well underneath. And yeah, I've, how what, how you guys been feeling about that? You guys done a good bit of expo? Every day I've been there, I've done a good bit of expo. Um, it's good. It's good. It's like a little crowded. I want to figure out the perfect... It's so minute, but I just want to pick, figure out the perfect layout of everything so I can grab what I need. Yeah. Like, I'd be going, then I'd realize I had like half and half in chai in the most accessible positions. And I'm like, what, in the what am I doing? Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then like, you got to grab the skim gallon behind the whole mm-hmm. gallon. You're like, <laughs> but all in all, awesome. Biggest win in the whole space, the ice machine. Oh mm-hmm. god. We got a big Hoshizaki. Shoo-wee mama. That's got a lot of ice. Bring it. Hey, all I'm gonna say is this summer, guys, bring, bring it. it. Try to find the bottom of that thing. Does yeah. it inspire you at all to I just noticed that in this picture there is a spent filter in the uh, origami on the seraphim? Oh freaking oh, crap. Goodness they, those are hard to get out. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta I'm, adjust them down. Yeah. Um we should remember this, but I actually think we should size down the origamis. What? Yes. What? We don't have smaller ones. Just kidding. We have a ton of them. Oh, one thing, too, is that there is a milk pitcher rinser in between the two expos. Yes, there is. That's that's a key part. Would yes, you do that? Is. Would you do the same? Or would you have two milk pitcher rinsers if you could do it again? That, that part's been great. I mean, <clears throat> the I love everything about Expo. The only thing is we just didn't so this is a hard line to walk and i kind of understand why we did it this way even though we didn't really talk about it 
The biggest problem so far is that there isn't very much counter space to make drinks. Mm-hmm. So you're you're rarely ever if you're a good expo, you're never just making one drink at a time. You know, it's always like even if you have separate orders, you're working on like a hot latte, an iced latte, an iced americano, whatever. And you want to be able to line all those cups up and have a station. So especially on the left expo, there's hardly any room at all. Yeah, you can make like two drinks at a time. Yeah, which is still net positive. It's helpful. But if we could find a place for some of the stuff on the counter. That's what I'm saying is is I think we need to go vertical with this crap. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of like a rack or something that can hold a lot of these little things that are incredibly necessary to the whole process. Glass straws. Yeah. Because plastic straws. Sorry, not plastic. Agave, Agave straws. straws. They're just it's there's not much room there. Um and e- even with the small amount of room we have, it's still good. It's still manageable, but it could just be even better. Mm. A cool flex would have been if we just like didn't use the included mod bar drip trays and we would have gotten like a custom long drip tray with two separate rinsers on it uh and custom job yeah that'd be cool that would have been cool i mean i think we didn't end up doing that because we wanted to do it in the middle so we could rest all the pictures there maybe the thought crossed my mind yeah like i was thinking about it yeah you got to have that drain we did we did have to deal with the drawback of the mod bar having a severe lack of like storage and accessibility. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably the one thing that we're probably learning as well as like when I'm expo and I need cups for here, I'm always like, gosh, where yeah. do I go? That part is definitely not ideal. Like what am I doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually just tap out, close it down. Yeah. Just kind of break for down. Sure. But we're learning. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. So after those expo stations, you then have the brewer station, which is two espresso taps group heads and uh and then past those you have two anthems uh scoty two espresso grinders one with free throw one with decaf we pull all the single origin shots that we do on the ek espresso has been so strong not actually really like one a good strength uh no but it's it's been very very consistent yeah Mm -hmm. I, I, I make a point. Like when I'm on Brewer, obviously I watch every shot, but I try to look at every single shot that anyone makes. Mm. And they are just crazy consistent. Yeah. And it's just a testament to, you know, like in the past on w- when we've had the E80 Supreme and a Keys van der Westen Spirit, which is like the, so luxury on every level, uh, you know, we've had inconsistent shots in the past you know all you people that go to alpharetta not anymore it's all fixed it is a lot better because i do have to do little maintenance on our grinder Mm. weekly weekly maintenance but it's it any baristas out there that have been wondering like hey why are why are my shot times all over the map and you ask yourself like is it the coffee is it you make up some bs thing like is it the humidity which i actually do think is a a factor but like i feel like that's the first thing everybody always says is like oh it must be the humidity and i'm like uh just this experience has made me realize that a lot of it really is your equipment like it's your grinders your burrs heating up and cooling down 
when they're not supposed to because they're supposed to be air temperature controlled. But I just feel like that none of that none of that ever really works. Yeah. Um, and then even even the espresso machine, like just I don't know the ins and outs of this, but uh, the espresso machine has just been so consistent. Mm. And you think that like it's an espresso machine. It's it, it's simple. All you're doing is just pushing hot water. And at, you're right at a regulated pace through coffee. I think there's a few things in there. One, newer equipment. Sure, uh, sure. For sure. Uh, and then two, just like new, I mean, and with that, like newer technology. Like the fact that every single shot that comes out of that espresso machine is the exact same weight Yeah, is really awesome because, you know, you can have volumetrics and the volumetrics on the keys are good, but they're like plus or minus three, three four grams. Maybe. Yeah. But whenever, but this is like plus or minus 0. 0.3 or 0. 0.4 grams, you know? Yeah. It's like and dialed. Also on the steam wands, like one, one big reason we got the mod bar is when we used to roast coffee at peach coffee roasters, they had a mod bar and they always made the best cappuccinos there. And mm. the milk texture was always just like so much better than anything we could do on our equipment. Yeah, and on any of our equipment, yeah. like uh, Keys, Strata, Keys. or uh, GS3. GS3. Yeah, even even when I used to work on a GB5, like it, it just still couldn't touch that mod bar. And the first cappuccino I made on the mod bar, I was like, okay, yeah, the the equipment really, really does. It has a huge factor in milk steaming quality. Because mm. um, I know how to steam milk, guys. Okay, I really do. Done, been doing a long time, and so I can try my darndest to steam perfect milk on our Lamarzoco Strata, which, to be fair, that thing probably needs some maintenance and some service. But uh, Caleb, but yeah, that that mod bar steam really, really does make a a huge difference in milk quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then under counter down there at Brewer, you have the uh, mod bar modules. And you have a rack full of cups and serve server serving ware mm. and what have you. And then above all of it, you have this hanging shelf that we totally knew was going to work all along. Totally. And it's amazing. And that's where we keep all of our bulk coffee, uh, you know, back stock of some stuff. And then there's one on the other side as well. I actually don't think I have a single picture of the other bar. Oh, Riley. The back no, bar. I'm sorry. But the back bar is a dishwasher, a hand sink, a dump sink, which should have been way bigger than what we ended up using. And then a kegerator uh, with all of our draft taps, another ice well, and a cutting board and some food stuff. There, you can kind of see it in that one. There's the cutting board and the, yeah. And then, so those are our two islands. And then up front, you have our slat bar with like our POS stuff on it. You can see it right here. And we have a concierge station on each side. And between it, we have pastries and retail boxes and some stuff. And that's been cool. How you guys been feeling about the the concierge bar? Well, obviously, the the biggest thing that's different is we have two separate concierge stations, two separate points of sale. 
Um, and that has been something we've been easing into. Uh, it's, it's, we don't, we don't, uh, we rarely, rarely open the second concierge station. Um, during the weekdays, it has been cool to open it up for just two to three orders at a time when you need to, or like if somebody, uh, if some, if somebody's getting a piece of merch that they want to buy and they walk up to the expo station and say, I'd like to buy this. And they look over at the line that's like to the door and they're like thinking, I don't want to stay in that line. Then you're like, Oh yeah, let me take you on the second concierge station. That's been great. Uh, and there's also times where just going back to the pacing conversation, there's times where the production side of things is really caught up. We maybe have one ticket on our kitchen display but concierge is trying to go quickly, but they, for whatever reason, are being held up by a customer that is taking a long time. Or there's whatever. a lot of questions. So many questions. So, new. so, like, there's been times where I've told the brewer to even even on a three man team, hey brewer, and and I'm on expo in this scenario. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pull you know, four shots and get us in a good place, like go take three orders and come back. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to just call people out of that line to the other concierge and then kind of give us some work to do on the production side. That's cool. And it's a controlled thing. So like there's a take three orders and come back. Don't take any more after that. But that has been really nifty. And the vision is to just be the, the whole thing with this space is we wanted to have a higher production ceiling. Because if you're going to have a huge space, you need to be able to fill it. And so uh, that's the whole, one of the big philosophies of this space. And so eventually it's going to be so busy, especially on the weekends, that we just have two concierges running the whole time. Yeah. You have one line and two concierge stations, you know, and you're kind of calling people out of the line. Um, maybe there's two lines. I just don't see how there's like space for that really. But um, the issue there is just, you know, with with where the team is at, we're really wanting to prioritize quality over speed at this point. Mm. So I'd I'd rather somebody have a really good drink than they just like get through the transaction a little bit quicker while the whole team is frantic. Yeah. Hey, we'll get there. Uh, Yeah. What's up? I was I was just going to mention really quickly having drip the, the AirPods up front. That seems like it's been going great. Yeah, I was just going to kind of go down what we decided to put up there. So we have our AirPod station up there with cups so that concierge doesn't have to turn their back on guests but can kind of grab things from there. Kind of see it in that picture in the um, background. I also like how we sell stuff in the fridge over there and someone's like, oh, I have a kombucha. I'm like, great. Just go over there and grab it. Like, cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's been, a, I, I thought it was just cute. It's super cute. That's so cute. And then we have, I mean, the food, man. I don't know if we talked about it. It's flying. Dunwoody's hungry. Okay. <laughs> Dunwoody's You're starving, man. And we are feeding Dunwoody. So um, shout out to our pastry providers, Maven, Elise, Andy, Chef Blake. Yeah. We told Maven to send us maybe like 60%, 70% of the pastries that they usually do for Alpharetta on the first week. and Gone we, by 9 a.m. Yeah, we'd sell out by 9, man. 
So yeah, on, I was in there on Sunday, and I the the pastry case was empty at what I got there at like twelve or something, eleven thirty. Yeah, and I I know that it wasn't like because of a light order, you know, it right. was just like the food flew off the shelves. Yeah, yeah, um, which is cool. It's really cool. I think we've seen how much busier it gets. Dunwoody seems like naturally a morning crowd. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to have like a ton, ton, ton more, but I want to see how much we can keep pushing to make sure everybody gets what they need. Um, and it has been interesting. The I feel like we went through this battle at Alpharetta when we switched from bags to boxes where our retail, like people buying coffee for home was like a little slower. Um, but it seems like that's something we need to keep trying to get people to know that we sell coffee yeah, for home. Cause I was like looking at our stock and I was like, got a lot of coffee. Yeah. Our retail sales have not been stellar in nobody yet. So yeah. And to think that our sales have been comparable to Alpharetta where we sell a lot of coffee. I'm like, man, we must be selling a lot of food, and a lot of drink cause we're not selling a lot of retail, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I looked on the average ticket price. On, we were we were texting about. It. I can't remember exactly what it was, but on last Saturday, the average ticket price was super high. I think it was seventeen bucks or something like that. Yeah, which is again a testament to food. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. People are like, "Hey, can I just have four cortados <laughs> in one cup?" Yeah, can I have a quad cortado. Literally, just four of them. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it's it's cool to be assimilated into a different culture in Dunwoody and that has its different stuff. You know, like, like you mentioned the morning rushes, the Alpharetta location has sometimes has just as heavy of an afternoon rush as the morning rush. Yeah. Especially on maybe it was like Sundays, which makes sense because of church in the mornings. But um, yeah, in Dunwoody it's, it's way lopsided and, you know, who knows that might change as people r- realize that we're open and stuff. But, um, that, that we were talking about that before we started recording about how, like, what is that, what does that mean for staffing? Because when it comes to the schedule, we sort of just copy and pasted our format and template for Alpharetta onto Dunwoody. But, uh, a good example is like on Saturday mornings, the current schedule is we have, essentially three openers and then three more people that come in at 10 to close it to close. And then, you know, from 10 to uh, around noon, you've got six people. But the reality is that the biggest rush of the day was happening when we had three people. So just little, little things that we need to be hip to and adapt and be moldable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just to look at a few more of these pictures. Uh, here's a picture of our patio. This is just a small part of it. There's like double the seating not pictured. Uh, there's a picture. We were able to do this like cool, almost like waiting area uh, with these benches that don't have tables and chairs in front of them. So we like that. We did this like slat wall that we were super excited about. Got to do some plants. Can always use more plants, so we'll probably keep throwing some more in there. The just a cappuccino. <laughs> Here's a picture of our standing bar, which is cool as well. We got to do a lot of things like this that we always wanted to do. So 
Have you guys yeah. seen anyone hang at the standing bar? I have. Cool. It's it's definitely like the last resort. It's like overflow, which yeah. is kind of the idea. Yeah. It is like in the waiting area too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some people that posted up for here and they got a number for here, you know, and we're just standing there, which is cool. That is cool. Yeah, uh, and then here's kind of a picture from a different angle of that slat wall with, uh, on the other side, you have just this, like, U of benches and then tables and chairs, and that's been cool. We're able to do these fun globes over every table, which we really liked. There's another angle of the mod bar. My least favorite thing about the mod bar is that it doesn't give you an option as far as I know. Maybe it does. So if it does, mod bar, I'm sorry. To select different wood for the handle because that's like the only walnut in the whole space and everything else is maple. Yeah. I did have a few customers complaining about that. Yeah. I noticed that you have a a maple aesthetic, (laughs) but the finish on your mod bar is uh, walnut. Three stars. Three (laughs) stars. Oh, it looks like that's about all I got for pictures. Oh, we're going to come back to the Seraphim. Mm. Um, now, here's the disclaimer, which is some of this could be uh, our fault, but I don't think it is. Busted. Some of it could be the install's fault, but I don't think it is. The two uh, problems, and even if it is our fault, darn it, Curtis, you should... <coughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Even, <laughs> if, even if it is our fault, like part of a manufacturer's job is to anticipate potential trouble spots that you can address. And even if they're not the, uh, you know, the company's fault, then you should at least provide a path to be able to fix it troubleshooting-wise. So the first thing, which just seems like total design flaw, is when you press brew, the water that comes out of that tap is probably like 70 degrees. What? And so even if you've ran a purge cycle? No. Okay. So again, there's a way around it. Like you, you need to run a purge cycle. So we have it programmed to give us five ounces of cop of water to rinse the filter, which is convenient because you need to rinse the filter. So that's cool. But you should also just be able to have hot water on demand from such an expensive piece of equipment. Mm. And it's just as simple as like the water inside the lines is room temp and is not. I don't know how you fix that, but I also didn't see anything in the manual about like, hey, guys, the water in the lines is going to be under temp. So make sure you run a purge cycle. I didn't see anything about that. Um, The other thing is the two different the two heads have a completely different flow rate they just as an example if you want to make a pour over that is that has a a water yield of 450 grams then you have to program and i'm sure they're all different but you have to program the left one to give you like 500 grams and you have to program the right one to give you like 475 grams so you have to trick it to give you the right amount of water that you need, which is a flow rate issue. Again, that could be the install's fault. That could be our fault. Mm. Um, and there's no way to calibrate the flow rate. No. Hmm. As far as I as far as I know, again, there could be 
some some things I'm not seeing. But um, I looked in the manual and it's like there's nothing about calibrating the because like on a on a Fetco it's so easy. Mm. All you do on a Fetco batch brewer, what you have to do like you take it out the box and it's basically ready to go. But one thing you have to do is you have to tell the batch brewer how much water it dispenses in sixty seconds. Um, so sorry. So that way it's calibrated. Oh, you can go ahead and press the red button. I'm just doing some recon it's while cool. you're talking. Sorry. That way the brewer is calibrated to the flow rate from the building, from the source. Mm. So Yeah. Those are a few disappointments. Um, one thing I loved about it is how they include two different spray heads in the kit. So if you have a pour over with a larger dose, let's say something like 50 grams on a Chemex or something, you have this really wide spray head that like sh- shower that comes down. Whereas if you're rolling like us, which is like we have a 25 gram dose and you don't need this really wide spray head, um, the, the, the head we have in there has a much finer, smaller, more narrow mm-hmm. shower, which I liked. I kind of forgot everything that you said when I worked this weekend. I did purge every time I made a pour over, but I was when you click the options on either side, they display different like ounce terrible, volumes. Terrible. That's another terrible thing. I was like, am I doing something incredibly wrong right now? Because I was making like two different ones and I was like, oh crap. Yeah. It's, you know how on Curtis you press halvesies or holes and then yeah. you have large and small yeah. and you always press large yeah it's the same thing yeah because then it was like 18 ounces zero ounces 15 ounces four ounces and yeah i was like what the just heck? think of those as like large and small quickly i'm seeing this in the settings under brew settings does it have flow calibration as an option that's the thing is I, di- I didn't see that because yeah. I've done that on the G4s before. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. Um, this is for the Seraphim. So maybe yeah, maybe need to take this with it, a yeah. grain of salt. We'll check it out this week and report back next week. But yeah, I know you had a ton of trouble find- finding this because there's also one that's like by volume slash time, pre slash pulse, bypass, drip out. Right. Uh, so if we could find that flow calibration setting that might change some things for us yeah and get us dialed but like you said i feel like you know only one water source runs into the bottom unit yeah correct so they should have those calibrated at least to match each other Mm -hmm. during shipment it's kind of like shipping a phone with the battery charged you know yeah people do that yeah, Apple. I, I actually heard this has been a book recently. Used to be that... Dude, you listened to it. You heard it in a book. I was confused for a second. How about that? I was like, what? How about it? Uh, all companies used to just like manufacture the product and get it out of their door and in the box as fast as possible. But Apple, I'm pretty sure with the iPod, it was like kind of a... I'm sure Okay, other people were doing it. I'm not saying they were first. But they were like, let's charge this so that when people get it and they're excited about it, they can take it out of the box and use it. So that's why we pre-brew the coffee when we send it to you. We like yeah. run some water through it. So mm-hmm. you just have to run a little bit more water through it and then it's ready. 
Genius. <laughs> Excuse me. What uh, a ni- what a nice review of the space, guys. Any any closing comments? Come see us. Yeah. Hey, come to Alpharetta too. I'll be there. Oh, I'll say something. Oh. I have realized that, and it hasn't been, don't get me wrong, it has not been a lot of negative, but you get a way more negative feedback when you first open your doors. And it made me kind of recall back to um, Alpharetta. Yeah. And how it kind of, you know, dwindled down because like you're opening your doors and you have so many different types of people coming to you. So you have to like, you know, depending on, you know, what it is, you know, sometimes you just have to like ignore the static or whatever, but you're going to get a lot of people who aren't going to be your customers. Yeah. And you're getting all of those at the exact same time. So we have seen some like negative things. For sure. Uh, a lot of it's about how loud the space is, which we still get in Alpharetta. We definitely get in Alpharetta, and we—I remember a lot of people saying that when we first opened mm-hmm. in Alpharetta, because yeah. we've got concrete floors, tall metal ceilings, and loud music and loud baristas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I—the thing I what, probably one of the biggest things I've realized about Dunwoody is that we are able to host people comfort comfortably. Mm-hmm. We're able to host our capacity comfortably, whereas in Alpharetta, it can get hectic because of how small it is. But it's very busy, which is great. And if you were to like say, "What's the capacity of Alpharetta?" There's the technical number, but then there's like the reality, which is when does it start to feel uncomfortably crazy in here? Um, and I think that just depends on who you are. Like some people come in and it's crazy and they're like, oh, this is great high energy atmosphere. Whereas sometimes like I'm sitting in there trying to like talk to my wife or like I've got my kid in there and my kid's like overwhelmed by this atmosphere. And then you could say, okay, this place isn't really for kids. And it's like, yeah, fair enough. But I just think in Dunwoody like and in future cafes, I think what I'm saying is this could be a point for like some sound dampening, like because even if it is, there are a lot of people in there. If it's just a bit more, it's like less echoey and just kind of abrasively loud, then that automatically is just a better experience for the people that are working. And then definitely for the guests too. But I love how spacious the Dumbody space is because of how many people people were able to fit in there and like host them comfortably and them feel comfortable. Yeah, it made me realize that in fuller measure when I was working between the shops this past week and I noticed I I forgot that I've gotten used to people walking into Alpharetta, assessing the space and leaving. Yeah. And in Dunwoody I realized anyone that shows up there's always space mm-hmm. there's like always a place and even if the line's long they're just going to stay in it because they're there yeah mm. but in alpharetta someone gets in line they're waiting in line for a second and they see that there's like there's nowhere to sit they're like i'm out of here yeah i'm like dang that's that's crazy it makes you think about how much higher the ceiling can be in dunwoody dunwoody a place for everybody yeah alpharetta come and get it baby if you can <laughs> too hot to handle yeah, which that that is cool in its own way. 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just reality. Of I, de- we're, I definitely don't want to make it sound like we're crapping on Alpharetta in this episode. We're definitely not. We're just talking about the things that we've learned. Well, on the contrary, I mean, just to hype up Alpharetta to close, too, I was like, I really love it. Yeah. Like, I love working there. And I got to being in both spaces, and I was like, I really am comfortable here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a an intimate environment that like it's a little harder in Dunwoody to really go above and beyond for guests over and over again and like maintain interaction just because how big the space is. You can kind of like get your stuff and go. Yeah. Or like get your stuff for here. And the next thing we know, you left your food on your cups on the table and you walked out the door and nobody said hi. Yeah. But now for Ed, it's like, hey, welcome in. And you're like, there's so much more, there's so much more interaction. So yeah. I really do enjoy that and I enjoy. I mean, the people, the, the team's been killing it too, and really making the space their own. So yeah, Alfred is humming, man. It's still, it's still gonna, and take it's still butt. growing. I mean, like we're gonna, you know, we're learning these things in Dunwoody that, and some of them we're gonna turn around and implement in the Alpharetta space because we still, we still got a long time there. We re-upped our lease, so catch us there till twenty twenty nine. Contract extension, yeah. yeah. Highest paid coffee shop. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, no, Alfred is awesome. And I'm happy to be there. Yeah. All right, boys. Gotta go, uh, you know. Gotta go make the bread. Do some other stuff, you know. Is it get the bread or make the Record bread? Record our next podcast after this one where we change <laughs> our shirts. Talk about some other stuff like Expo. Yeah, we'll do an Expo review next week. Yeah. Uh, one thing I hope that comes out of Expo is that Breeze Tussle starts selling that WDT thing because I want to buy it for both cafes. Matt, if you're listening, man, we want to buy it. So yeah. just send one our way. Or just send one to us. Yeah. All right. Love y'all. Love Peace. You.